This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike him, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast for week four in college football presented by betonline.ag. Just use that awesome promo code podcast one for a 50% five zero welcome bonus. Speaking of welcome, welcome once again to Matt Waldman from the Rookie Scouting Portfolio. NFL teams get the Rookie Scouting Portfolio. I know for a fact multiple teams do. Matt Waldman's Twitter, by the way, on the weekends is on fire with great video breakdowns at Matt Waldman. He is excellent. Some huge games this weekend. Michigan, Wisconsin at noon on Fox. Notre Dame and Georgia. How about a little Tennessee versus Florida? Incredible football games this weekend. Can't wait to dive into it with Matt. Speaking of diving into it, by the way, you guys should think about diving into the lead. Every weekday morning, the lead will bring you one big story from the Athletics All-Star team of local and national sports reporters. It's a combo daily sports podcast between Wondery and The Athletic, and it's for every type of sports fan who wants to go beyond just the box score. So they'll talk about you know what happened to this entire city of New Orleans last year after that horrible call, in-depth interviews, on mental health and sports. It's basically a daily lens into the biggest stories of the day, but going in depth. Make sure you listen at the end of the podcast for a preview of The Lead. Don't forget to subscribe to The Lead on Apple Podcasts or however you listen to this one right now. All right, Matt, let's start with a big, Big Ten battle. It's a crossover game. Michigan from the Big Ten East against Wisconsin from the Big Ten West. It's a noon game on Fox. Let's start with an offensive lineman for Michigan. Usually we talk about Wisconsin O-linemen. Let's talk about an offensive lineman for Michigan. His name is John Runyon Jr. Yes, the son of John Runyon. And I actually called some of John Runyon Jr.'s games, state championship games, in high school. What do you got on the big boy? Sweet, Ross. Well, certainly, you know, it's fun to be able to check this out. And we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about some Wisconsin linemen very soon down the line. But, uh, you know, John Runyon's got precise hands. I think he's very patient. He doesn't open the gate too fast, meaning that he doesn't really turn his hips too early and let defensive, defensive ends around him when it comes to pass rush. He has a good kick slide. I think he's, you know, strong one-on-one in the run game. And he's quick enough that, you know, he can cut defenders off the edge as a pass protector. I think he's just a little susceptible right now from speed to power rushes due to 
sometimes his patience with not opening up too early, but if he gets punched hard early, um, that he's big enough, obviously that he can anchor and become intractable to the power rush. Um, but you know, certainly a guy that the only thing that I see that's, that's been a, a big problem off the tape for them is that it's been more of communication for he and his teammates in terms of, you know, certain types of blitzes that come that are, you know, overloads to his side and who, who takes who, you know, in that point, but, you know, otherwise a really strong, quick process prospect with good hands. And then there's a receiver that's gotten a lot of attention for Michigan. They got a couple of receivers actually that people have talked about, including a guy that I saw a couple of years ago in the U.S. Army Bowl, and that is wide receiver Donovan Peoples Jones. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's you like the size on him because he's about six two, I believe, six two in the two hundred pound range. And he has a solid catch radius. He's really good at plucking the ball or digging it out on low throws. And usually low throws are kind of underrated in their difficulty. He's very good at being able to get those. So it makes him effective on routes like like comebacks or flat routes. And he can kind of stretch out and extend on some of those plays where if the ball's not you know pinpoint accurate, he can make up for it. I think he has a solid feel for working the leverage of the defender. So that when the defender is shaded to one side or another, he's good at being able to work the back of that defender to get into his blind spot. And that helps him widen or narrow a route and set up a break. Um, it, you know, right now for me, when I watch his, his breaks, he needs to flatten them out a little bit better. So he's a little bit friendlier to his quarterback um, out of the break. I think that his footwork needs to be a little more violent when it comes to releasing against press coverage. He's, he's, he's not sudden, or really patient with his move. It's kind of like he delivers the move, but there's not a lot of craft to it yet that really baits the defender. Um, and he's a guy that right now, when it comes to ball tracking, he kind of leaves his feet unnecessarily on plays where he's preventing himself from being able to make the catch and directly turn up field. But, you know, there's a lot to work with with him that I think um, these are a lot of fixable things that can make him a good NFL player um, as he, if he addresses those types of issues. You know, I wanted to also, Matt, get into um, Wisconsin running back Jonathan Taylor with you. He's an interesting one. It seems like he's been very, very good for a long time. It's amazing how often, you know, Wisconsin's able to get these backs and they get them. So many of them are from Jersey too, South Jersey, which is interesting, you know, being a, a Southeast Pennsylvania guy. Taylor's been super productive now for, I guess, three years. How good of a prospect is he? He is a good prospect, Ross. I think that, you know, oftentimes when we talk about, you know, obviously they get a lot of good college players who play that position at Wisconsin. We haven't seen a, a great deal of success relative to the buzz that the players get when they get to the NFL. But I think Taylor is one of the exceptions um, he really excels at the aspects of vision that you're looking for in terms of decision making. He can press the line really tight to the to the line and find the cutback. I think he has extremely good contact balance. He's gonna he's someone where you know if a defensive lineman is able to get a really good strike on him at an indirect angle, which is a difficult type of angle to to maintain balance on you often see Taylor be able to work through that. He's going to drag people for extra yards. Um, I think he's a better zone runner than gap runner at this point. So, 
you know, where zone runner, you know, for people who aren't familiar about zone runs and the details, I kind of joke about it is the difference between zone and gap is like the difference between multiple choice with zone and gap with fill in the blank. And it's, that's a simplistic explanation, but Taylor's a little better at giving him chances to make multiple choices. Otherwise with gap play, sometimes he looks for a different choice than what's really there. Um, And, but Overall, this is a guy that in many stylistic aspects reminds me of one of my favorite backs over the past few years, which is Nick Chubb. Um, I think that there's a lot of that strength, quickness, succession, footwork, and vision that is very familiar with what Chubb does well. Um, I, I just think the thing that's the differentiator between him being a starter in the league and not will come down to ball security because his technique is really good, but he puts the ball on the ground once every 52 touches heading this year for his career. And while I got better last year at one per 79, it's still a very low tier based on what I study for running backs. And that puts him, you know, it's above what we saw with Miles Sanders, but it's, it's still not in a great tier. And he's got to figure out a way to, to make sure he's holding on that ball in the traffic. And because he's an after contact, you know, runner, the, the harder he tries, the more the sharpshooters come in there and able to try and pull the ball out. How does he compare to, say, uh, how about like Melvin Gordon? How does he compare to Melvin Gordon? I think with, you know, with Melvin Gordon, it was interesting because he seemed, Gordon seemed like a breakaway threat coming out of school. And, and we haven't really seen that as much at, um, at, at um, Los Angeles, with the Los Angeles Chargers. But I think with Taylor, you get a guy who I, I I think is a little more patient than Gordon has been. And I think he's better in terms of showing what they did comparatively at the college level, better with contact balance. And I think he does a better job of actually setting up defenders, um, you know, between the tackles to be able to make guys miss, especially linebackers or safeties in the box. He does a really nice job of using his footwork in ways to to create space and understands how to really, I would say, kind of set up his feet in terms of stride length and pacing that that's a little bit more artful and gets the job done in ways that, that with Gordon, he struggled a little bit with that. Speaking of running backs and speaking of running backs, from southeastern Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia area. Let's get to the big one. It's going to be a dandy, I hope. Georgia, Notre Dame. It's an 8 o'clock game on CBS, which means the game is in Georgia. Notre Dame goes on the road. Let's talk about a guy. You might not even know this, Matt. You probably don't. But uh, DeAndre Swift went to the same high school as John Runyon Jr. Both those guys went to St. Joe's Prep in downtown Philly. I did multiple DeAndre Swift state championship games. They were in the state championship three out of his four years. I think they won it all three years. Even as a freshman, Matt, he was extremely impressive. I remember him coming to the U.S. Army Bowl as a freshman with his dad and just sitting in the stands for every aspect of it and watching, watching everything that went on, and, and just preparing for when it would be his moment. And he's obviously had a terrific career at Georgia. What are your thoughts on DeAndre Swift? 
Yeah, it's funny. I didn't know that he and Runyon went to the same school at all, Ross, but I've been actually, I actually watched his high school tape, which is kind of rare for me, but I had been hearing about him so much that I wanted to get a, a sneak peek about what he had to offer. And you're so right. I mean, this is a guy with excellent vision. I mean, he really understands how to set up blocks. Um, and he's someone that even, even when there's a bigger hole, he's good at maintaining discipline to, to balance when to just hit something immediately, but when to also really just set it up a little bit more and stretch it a little bit longer. He has great change of direction, quickness and acceleration. And part of that is that he can flip his hips so quickly that it makes him very efficient at being able to make, you know, wide or wide angle cuts or changes of direction without, you know, taking up a lot of space. So it, it makes him very difficult to defend when it comes to defenders, you know, penetrating into the backfield, he can just take one step, open up those hips and accelerate right past them and get to the edge or to work back inside. Um, I think he's a good blocker. I mean, the third down skills, you're not going to hear a lot about that at Georgia because they like to switch backs around and they don't use them a lot as receivers as we've seen. Um, but he's an excellent receiver and you can see that from really his high school tape you might actually end up having to watch his high school tape to get a better feel for how good of a receiver he is compared to what you see at georgia but he has and he's excellent as a blocker he can read and pick up blitzes he squares um very well and he extends his hands when he needs to and he has good lateral movement and he's just a compact strong runner who's going to drag you for extra yards and, you know, the, the only thing that's really kind of lacking with him is that he doesn't have a great top gear. I mean, he's good enough that he's going to hit you 35, 45 yards, which is good enough for, you know, some long touchdown runs if he gets into the open field. But he's not that guy that's going to give you those 70, 80 yard runs on occasion um, that you that people often value maybe a little too highly. And the ball security can be a little tighter, even though his security rate's pretty good. He can get a little loose with it, but he, he seems to do a good job of knowing when to tighten it up in traffic. But overall, just a, one of the top prospects on my board at the running back position. How about J.R. Reed, the safety for Georgia, who is Jake Reed, the former receiver son. By the way, all these th this makes me old every time we do this, every time we talk about a guy who's the son of a guy that played around when I did, man, Makes me old, but J.R. Reed, the safety for Georgia. Listen, um, you know, I, I remember watching Jake, Jake Reed and learning a lot about how guys improve their hands through him, but it was interesting, you know. J.R. Reed, he comes down the hill pretty well, and he wraps up runners, runners off the edge. He's, he's a very good tackler. He's the type of guy that once he hit and wraps you, you're on the ground. Um, I think that he has a violent type of hand moves in terms of the white pass defenders and, and shed them at the line. Um, very good hand-eye coordination. He seems to always be around the ball, whether it's bouncing off the ground or being deflected and getting the rebound. And he has an, a knack for, for really knocking out and finding the ball as a pass defender or blitzer. And I think he's, he's also a pretty good blitzer and cuts off defenders pretty well from trail. I think the thing he needs to really work on right now is his coverage skills in terms of zone and man coverage. He doesn't stop a lot of passes in the short and intermediate ranges of the field, um, but he's a very good last line of defense defender as well as an attacker off the edge. So he's, he's an interesting prospect at the safety position. And then let's look at Notre Dame. Uh, they always have some O-linemen. 
but you like a receiver. You at least you wanted to to evaluate a receiver in in Chase Claypool. Yeah, I figured we get we get back to uh, a Notre Dame lineman or two probably down the line here. But for you know Claypool's a uh, uh, you know comes in with a class who we saw Miles Boykin come out and surprise a lot of people. But Claypool, you know, for a bigger receiver, he has good acceleration. He gets separation against tight coverage, um, and he knows how to stack defenders in the college game to you know, get immediately behind them and cut them off and control the route. Um, I think he has some good separation skills at the line of scrimmage in terms of being able to, to chop through defenders. And, and then I think because he can catch, he uses his size well, he catches the ball well against imminent contact. So you know, someone heading for him and he can see them in their direct line of sight and still make the catch. That that gets my attention, and I just and I like how he uses his size also to lean in defenders during the stem, during the setup of the break, to you know to kind of use his size and then work away from them, and it gets the defender a, a little bit of off track as a result of that. He doesn't have a great extra gear, so he's a guy that's a little bit, though he has good acceleration to get an initial separation on on the deepest types of throws. He lacks that great deep speed, and he ends up having to maintain the speed with kind of more of a longer stride. So on those passes of 40 or 50 yards, his separation isn't as strong as they are in the 25 to 35-yard range. But he's an interesting guy who, you know, the physical part of his game makes him uh, an exciting guy. Speaking of exciting, did you know that there is now a Dos Equis College Football Football College where you can learn from brilliant football minds like Jay Cutler, Martellus Bennett, Katie Nolan, and John Bacon, the man who wrote the book on college football. Not only will you win every football argument this season, you could even enter for a chance to win tickets to the 2020 College Football Playoff National Championship. Be the first in your family to earn a football-watching certificate from a beer school, enroll in Dos Equis College Football, Football College, at dosequis.com slash edu. Dos Equis, keep it in Terrasante. Dos Equis beer brands, enjoy Dos Equis responsibly, imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York, copyright 2019, Dos Equis beer brands, no purchase necessary, 50 U.S. D.C., 21 plus only, Enter by 12-2019. Full rules available on dosequis.com slash edu. Let's get to another noon game. Man, there always used to be so much talent in this game. You got to tell me if there still is, Matt. It's the Vols and the Gators at noon on one of the ESPN Family of Networks. Let's start with the Vols. Obviously been a very disappointing start. Tell me about their wide receiver, Marquez Callaway. Yeah, certainly. This guy's a speedster, 6'2", 204. I think that he's someone that has some violence off the line of scrimmage that allows him to be able to get outside pretty quickly. He has a, you know, what I would call a good rocker step where he can kind of hesitate and then work inside out or outside in. You get separation early as a result of that. And I think he also understands how to kind of set up defenders with a little bit of a peek at the, you know, kind of a peek inside or outside to assess what the defender's doing against him. So he's patient but sudden, which is a very important 
set of skills to have when it comes to releasing from the line of scrimmage against press. And, you know, I also think that he's good at being able to draw some pass interference plays and he makes plays after contact. So this is a very good deep threat who I just think more than anything, though, you just like to see him maybe take a narrow anger, narrow, narrower angles against um, different types of blocks um, and really be able to set them up and show a little bit more awareness and skill at the sideline, especially as a guy who's going to be used a lot on the perimeter. Moving forward, the other Tennessee guy you wanted to chime in on is outside linebacker defensive end Daryl Walker. Oh, yeah, he's fun. He's probably one of the more fun prospects we're going to see on the day, you know, at that game because he's one of those edge rushers that is just very exciting to be able to get under defenders and turn that corner, and he he closes fast. And and he has – he flashes some speed to power moves as a pass rusher, which is nice. He has some ability to stunt across a, a defend uh, a lineman's face in terms of being able to work outside in, and he can set that up on occasion. Um, he's a little hit or miss with his speed to power game and a little hit or miss with those stunts, but when he hits it, it's devastating. Um, you know, and I think that he's a guy that you know shows enough to hold up against some defend uh, against some tackles in terms of being able to hold up um, and maintain the point of attack on run plays, but needs to get a little bit stronger with his hands and skill with leverage to be able to shed those um, blockers to be able to get in on the run. Um, But, you know, overall, he's just a a super exciting edge guy who has a chance to become, you know, a pass rushing specialist, you know, early on in his career in the NFL. For Florida, they always have guys on defense, it seems. This year, no different. Tell me about cornerback C.J. Henderson. Well, you know, you, you, you hear that his cornerback coach has lauded him as probably one of the best cornerbacks that he's coached. And watching, you know, the overall effort and skills that he has, I can understand why. Um, he, he's someone that stays on the hip of the receiver well. He tracks the ball and he has excellent timing to close and swat the ball away. He drives well on targets and wraps as a tackler. And whether he's playing tighter in zone, he has just excellent timing as a tackler to engage the ball carrier. And he has good recovery speed. He works hard across the field. He's one of those guys you often think of your safety as that last line of defense. But oftentimes Henderson has been that last line of defense for the Florida Gators. You could ask someone like Debo Samuel. There's a a great play of him chasing down Samuel after coming off of his coverage to work across the field and run him down. Um, He just has a strong catch radius as well. Um, He has a feel for digging out low throws like a receiver. And he's an excellent blitzer. He gets under um, tackles and guards, uses his hands well to work through a blocker with his speed and his size. Um, and gets a meaningful hit on the quarterback. He's a sideline to sideline tackler who just works well, whether it's in zone or man. And he's a lot of fun. He's a player that I would love to be able to have on a team if I had a had, if I was working in that type of capacity. Terrific stuff, Matt. I love it. So 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 fired up for those games. Should be an awesome awesome Saturday of college football. You can also catch me at noon on CBS Sports Network. I've got Morgan State at Army. Love going to Army games. Should be fun. Love when you guys go over to betonline.ag 
and use the promo code PODCAST1 for the 50% five zero welcome bonus so you can get a little something something when I win the Pigskin Pick'em League for the podcast one network. Highly encourage you guys to do that. It's betonline.ag. It's the promo code PODCAST1. You get a 50% five zero welcome bonus, which is awesome. Love it. Uh, you can take Matt's knowledge that he just dropped and bet on the college games or listen to today's Even Money podcast with myself and Steve Fezzik and bet on the NFL games. Other than that, the keg is kicked, Bry. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. You can follow sports through sound bites or the full story. From up in the press box... Or down on the sidelines. What do, what do you want to accomplish this year? Actually, I want to accomplish getting on this team first. This fall, a new daily podcast brings you closer to the sports stories that matter. Stories about players. A guy like Zion just represents that hope of the failures of the past don't matter because we've got this guy now. Oh stories about hometowns. You will see hundreds of people wearing number 32 Simpson jerseys uh, in the stands on Sunday afternoons for a Bills home game. And stories about the teams you love. This was the first chance for all those baseball fans to see their guys. From The Athletic, home to the best storytelling in sports. And Wondery, the company behind Sports Wars and Gladiator. I'm Kavitha Davidson. And I'm Anders Kelto. Introducing The Lead. Go beyond the box score five days a week. This isn't a story where you go to some place and interview the athlete and go home. It stays with you. Are you kidding me? I've never seen anything like that. The lead is out now. Subscribe today on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. The lead. Sports up close. Hey, hey, I need some more of that.